Imagine, if you will, being stuck in a storm drain for a couple of weeks. An incredible story. So, in Delray Beach, Florida, a passerby is walking down the street and says, oh, What is that sound? That sounds like someone is hollering. Where is it coming from? Oh, it's coming from that storm drain. A woman was trapped in a storm drain and had been there for weeks. Now, the passerby, of course, called authorities and we helped the woman who is now naked out of the storm drain and they rescued her and everything is fine. According to the woman, 43 years old, went swimming in a canal near her boyfriend's home on March 3rd. Now, if you're listening to this show live on the 25th of March, 2021, uh, this happened just the, her rescue was just the other day. So it was, uh, 20 days at least, uh, they found her. She claimed that she went for this swim in the canal, saw a doorway and began walking down the tunnel. The tunnel led to the next and so on until she was lost. She was walking in the tunnels for about three weeks until, oh, is that some light? And she went up to the light and decided to just stay there until she saw people walking by. She was reporting missing that night, March 3rd at 9 p.m. They transported the woman to a hospital. She's got non-life-threatening injuries in, you know, of course, dehydration. Uh, she is really, really lucky. The Delray Beach Fire Rescue spokesperson said, we don't know how much longer she would have been okay down there. Um, it's dirty, dangerous, snakes, rats, garbage, dirt, and leaves, anything on the street that washes into the sewer, and it smells terrible. I mean, she was at the point where she couldn't even stand on her own. Amazing. How long? I mean, that is incredible, right? I guess at some point you decide... I'm not, I don't know how to get out of here. I'm just going to stay right here. Now, I guess she is known for some kind of mental issues and has a history of past drug use. According to the reports, she will, you know, undergo a mental assessment. But I mean, okay, so she's whacked out of her mind, but she's still in the storm drains. <laughs> the lady's mother, it's not funny, Jeff. The lady's mother told police she has a history of mental illness and is known for doing odd things and making bad decisions when she is high on drugs. I mean, isn't that everyone? Police said that uh, she is a methadone patient and that her last dose was the day prior to her disappearance. So I'm guessing she has kicked the habit uh, physically, maybe not mentally. Wow, what a story. She's lucky to still be alive. And uh, how much fun would three weeks in a storm drain anywhere, let alone Delray Beach, Florida, be for you? You think you want drugs walking above the storm drain? Think how bad you want them stuck in the storm drain. So the next time you go for a swim in a canal, those of you living in Florida, and you see a doorway, I would say, you know what? Don't go in it.
just say, oh, is that a doorway that's taking me to the storm drains? I'll stay here in the canal. I mean, it's just a thought. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I suppose I should apologize. I had uh, thought all along that Sharon Osborne would be gone by now from the talk. And apparently she's not. Uh, however, the talk is still on the hiatus and hasn't come back since they, uh, since they went away during the whole Sharon Osborne race scandal going on. Now, attorneys are working. She's got attorneys. CBS has attorneys. They're all working. So I wanted to apologize because uh, I figured she would be gone already. Uh, they were supposed to have been back the show earlier this week and uh, I figured that she would be gone when they came back so the show isn't back but she's not gone I, I, I'm guessing by the end of this week sometime this weekend uh, bye bye uh, that deal will be done uh, they will be parting ways with Sharon Osborne, and uh, you know Cheryl Underwood can come back and say what a horrible thing and Sharon is still my friend and just remember what Cheryl said it's not about the exact words right Cheryl right exactly in fact if I remember right she said it's not about the exact words but the implication and the reaction to it oh okay and don't forget this all started because Sharon was sticking up for Pierce Morgan who got in trouble for saying mean things what was perceived as mean things about Meghan Markle. And that was the Oprah interview with Meghan and Harry. Many people now are all beating the heck out of her. <laughs> Meghan, that is. But heaven, I mean, Pierce has lost his job. Sharon is about to lose her job. And there's plenty more. We've, I've got a, a ton of stories where people are losing their job for things that they're saying. Wow, we are in uh, we are in strange, strange times. And I see, you know, I was I had this down the list for later on in the show, but I see where they want to, uh, you know, they've put Prince Charles in charge of the Harry and Meghan response team from the, you know, from the Royals, and uh, I don't know why. I, I see where Prince Charles is, wants to issue a point-by-point -point response to Harry and Meghan's allegations. No. Charlie. I'm sorry. Prince Charles. Listen up. Let it go. Okay? Let it go. They're down. Nobody likes them anymore. The percentage of people liking Harry and Meghan have gone way down. Just let it go. Just let it go. Your mom will maybe make you king someday. <laughs> You've been thinking that for a long time. Just let it go. There's no need to start digging up all of that again. So if you want to talk about it, call me. All right? We'll talk. But other than that, let it go. Okay? Anyway, back to Sharon. I see where her attorney that she has is awesome jeremiah reynolds he is a corporate 
uh, attorney represented uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr., uh, well, his team, in negotiations with uh, the Manny Pacquiao fight. It would become the richest prize fight in history. According to the website, he's represented uh, Richard Gere, Justin Bieber, the Kardashian family, Jennifer Lopez, Kate Hudson, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, Danny DeVito, Paris Hilton. Every one of those names have come out pretty good. So he's the guy <laughs> you want on your side. He's also worked with the, the Osborne family, all of them. All of them. He's done deals for Sharon, Ozzy, Kelly, Jack. So the talk could beat up Sharon all they want. You know, talking about the uh, racist insensitivity. I'm sure racial insensitivity. You know, behind the scenes, trying to badmouth Sharon and, uh, you know, knock down that payout price that they're going to get or that she's going to get from CBS. And CBS is going to pay through the nose for that. You can guarantee that. But he's the guy you want on your side. So if you're in trouble and you need somebody to work out a deal for you, I mean, this is the guy, man. Jeremiah Reynolds, you want this guy on your side. There's no doubt about that. I am a fan of this guy, and I don't even know him. I wish I did, though. I wish I did. You know, as an attorney for me... (laughs) Not against me, because this guy is a strong attorney that you want on your side, okay? You want him on your side. I mean, CBS has got a lot of money, and they're a big network, but when you sit down at the table, and Jeremiah Reynolds from that uh, LA law firm, Eisner, is on the other side, and I know that CBS has been dishing out all these reports of the alleged racially insensitive hostile environment on the show and all this news has been coming out about what a horrible person Sharon Osbourne is Jeremiah's on your side he's next to you and he's just gonna take it easy yo Sharon you don't need to say anything I got this for you okay and you're gonna walk away with uh, a nice big settlement and CBS can say oh yeah she quit she resigned And we're going to give her all of this money. And Jeremiah will take a nice cut for him and the law firm. Thank you, Mr. Reynolds, for being on my side. So you know as uh, well as I do that the mainstream media and big tech have worked tirelessly to cover up the corruption of the Biden family and Hunter Biden. But now you have a chance to help make this story heard around the world. The filmmakers behind the Gosnell movie have announced a brand new project. It's a feature film called My Son Hunter, and it's going to expose the Hunter Biden scandal. You can learn more at MySonHunterMovie.com. This movie will tell it all. It's Hunter's wild escapades, the contents of his laptop, his shady foreign business deals, and yes, even his ties to China. But these independent filmmakers need your help. Hollywood, of course, doesn't want to fund the movie. It's too controversial, and it exposes the truth behind some of the most powerful people in politics. That's why they're bringing this film directly to the people to be funded by you. Your gift of $10, $50, $100, or more will help expose the most corrupt family in politics, well, since the Clintons, and maybe, you know, ever and your donations are 100% tax deductible go to mysonhuntermovie.com right now 
and make your donation. MySonHunterMovie.com. You know, it says MySonHunterMovie.com, but I know that you can go, that redirects you to MySonHunter.com. Uh, I mean, I talked to uh, Phelan Mackler. Uh, uh, we did an interview that uh, posted on this podcast and also on my YouTube channel where we talked about uh, how they were, you know, things coming along. I'm going to have to talk to them again because they just reached a, a huge milestone on uh, the funding. And I'd like to talk to Phelan again about this because I'm excited about this movie. I love the idea of this movie. So MySonHunterMovie.com will redirect you to MySonHunter.com. Dot com, But you can help them out and get this movie made and fund it. And there's different levels of your funding that will get you uh, different things. If you go to the website, it gives you the, the breakdown. But uh, I love the fact that it's 100% tax deductible. And you can play a role in getting this film made. And you know that uh, the filmmakers behind, they made the Gosnell movie. Frack Nation was another one that he and his wife put together. So this one is going to be awesome and you get to uh you know you get to help out and get this thing made so you can uh listen go back and listen to my interview with phelim here on this podcast or you can watch and listen obviously on my youtube channel but uh most importantly go to mysonhunter.com mysonhunter.com and help fund this movie so we can have the story of hunter biden and the corruption in the biden family it'll be so worth it mysonhunter.com okay the suez canal now i'm you know i'm telling you this and i probably don't have to but it's what connects the red sea and the mediterranean through egypt right i mean it's an artery of the global shipping system Now, around 10% of worldwide shipping traffic flows through the Suez Canal. That's incredible. And it gets about 5% of the globally traded crude oil. So when you think about 5% of the crude oil, prices for crude oil shouldn't really go up that much, should it? (laughs) When you think about, there's still you know, 95% not going through there. And there's still 90% of other worldwide goods not going through there. So it shouldn't affect worldwide prices on goods, right? (laughs) Right. So there is a ship stuck in the Suez Canal now. 220,000 ton ship stuck at the Suez Canal and it is blocking traffic both directions it's like a two-lane canal really I mean, <laughs> yeah there's no passing there's a there's a thick white line right down the middle of the canal there's no passing so whenever there's an accident man when it's plugged up it is plugged up now right now there's at least a hundred ships stuck at each end of the canal just, I mean, there's a lot of goods just waiting to be trafficked through there that are just waiting. They can't go anywhere because this ship, the Ever Given, ran aground. Apparently, there was a sandstorm and big, uh, you know, restricted uh, visibility, and then there was high winds because of well, that's what brought on the 
sandstone the sandstorm duh and then that kind of turned the ship around and now it's stuck and they're trying to dig it out and tugboat it out and pull it out and apparently they got it a little loose but it wasn't enough (laughs) wasn't enough to you know get that thing out of there get it moving again which is incredible that we haven't figured out a way to make that happen yet and this thing is monstrous right i mean two hundred and twenty thousand tons and when you see the pictures of it i mean it is it's huge and it's got you know i mean (laughs) it's got uh, all kinds of uh all kinds of trailers on it all kinds i'm sorry shipping containers that will end up on the back of semis and uh he's just you know amazing i don't know how many drugs are on that bad boy none jeff what are you talking about nothing i mean i've I've, heaven forbid that we think about any kind of illegal goods on these ships now some people are saying it was on purpose they're trying to shut it down and make it and somebody's doing it you see the pictures so they did a a picture of uh you know the track that the vessel went on to get to this point and of course the drawing you know looks like a a man part a penis with his testicles and you know okay do we think that that's real and then do we think that it's the the sandstorm and high winds actually caused the ship to run aground and get stuck and turn sideways i don't know i don't know but it's you know it's funny i but you look at the pictures of the uh dirt movers and people digging holes and trying to get the front of this thing unstuck and tugboats are pulling uh it's a big old boy a big old boy you see just how big it is there's one picture here that shows you know a couple of humans and you know a monstrous uh earth mover and it looks like real little next to that ship someday it's gonna grow up to be a great big earth mover we need to bring in the big boys let's do something man you know i don't know what you got to do maybe you bring in another ship and hook it up and give it a push bumper to bumper shove that bad boy i'm just trying to help i'm just trying to help (laughs) i don't know i don't know maybe you know hopefully by the time uh you know by the time the today ends uh you know again you're listening live is the 25th of march 2021 hopefully by the end of today uh that they have that thing you know unclogged they brought in some kind of suez canal plunger and uh you know unstuck that bad boy and got the got the goods moving again but i mean when you have that many ships backed up I mean, it's possible that other accidents could happen. That's what happens on expressways and interstates all the time. And on top of which, everything is backed up. So it's going to take forever to get the flow back to regular. So just be prepared. Uh, You know, I don't know what's not going to be on your shelf. I don't know if you have to wait for your, you know, your drug dealer might be behind. The mac and cheese on the shelves might be behind. The cereal might be behind. And gas prices were already on their way up. So this is just another excuse to raise the prices of your gasoline at the pumps. And it will take forever to bring them down, if ever. So just be prepared. Just be prepared. Man, that's a common theme in today's world, isn't it? Why, yes, Jeff. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, let's go to the break room. I desperately need something cold to drink. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Hey, did you see where Target, good for them, I mean, and bad for them, what am I thinking, uh, announces that it's going to move from Minneapolis's city center. Yeah, they're going to move their headquarters. <laughs> Come on now. I thought you were all for it. I thought you were all for what was happening in Minneapolis, and it was okay that they ripped your store apart and you donated a bunch of money and Minneapolis is the place to be. And you know what? It's it's sure it's our headquarters and we want to, we want to be part of it, but we're going to leave the, you know, the city center as our primary uh, location. Uh, This uh, look officials cited improved remote work opportunities, less need for space as the drivers, you know, for the decision. Uh huh. But uh, look, they're still, they've got like some 8,500 corporate workers. They say that uh, 3,500 employees who work at City Center will still have a home base. It's just going to be another location, <laughs> you know, not in downtown Minneapolis. Huh. I wonder why that would be. Wonder why that would be. I can't, I can't noodle that one out. Why a company that was all for. I mean, they were 100% behind the movement. They made Juneteenth, June 19th, a company holiday. They committed $10 million to support social justice and rebuilding efforts in local communities. But you know what? Uh, they're going to, they pledged to continue to listen and learn from their team members, our guests, and our community partners. But you know what we probably should do, and I, you know, look, it's it's due to you traveling and home base operations. We're probably let's go ahead and just move our move our corporate headquarters, you know, out of downtown Minneapolis. Hey, you know, let's just do that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you know the possible burning down of the entire city. It has nothing to do with that. We're just thinking, you know, we might as well just move. I mean, okay. I mean, good. Congratulations. Congratulations, Target, for at least showing a little bit of, well, you know, probably be a safer thing and a good thing to get us out of there because the trial is happening soon. And no matter what happens in the trial, I don't think things are going to be good in Minneapolis for a little while. I think you can, you know what? You can quote me on that. Things are not going to be good, really good in Minneapolis for a while. Now, maybe, maybe after things, you know, shake out in Minneapolis, they'll build, you know, neighborhoods of 3D homes for everybody. I see where Austin, out, outside of Austin, and I got to go down there and check this place out. They are now constructing these uh, 3D printed homes in their community first village, which is comprised of houses for the chronically homeless. It's a 51 acre development has more than 500 homes thus far, including the 3d variety built by the company, uh, icon. And so they've got a guy they're, they're promoting a guy that has been, uh, you know, homeless and struggling with heroin addiction. And he now is the first person ever to live in a 3d printed home. 
Now, while it doesn't look like a very large home, it's 400 square feet and it is constructed by 3D printing. And the inside looks fine. You got a little kitchen, you got a fridge, you got a little living area, a little four burner gas stove, a separate little bedroom sleeping area, a bathroom and a shower. What more do you need? Uh, thank you. That's right. Anything more is too much. Is too much. So you just zip it. All right. And live in your 400 square foot home. Are you good? I mean, he's happy. He seems happy. Uh, this uh, 70 year old Texas man, Tim Shea. Apparently, he is. Uh, been struggling to keep affordable housing and he lived in a community in an RV for a lot of years. I mean, maybe we, he wanted to be there. Apparently not since he's in the 3d printed home that, uh, you know, was now part of the icon team is building 3d printed homes for, for people who are in trouble. But, uh, we, we all saw the movie Nomadland with Frances McDormand. And, I mean, she was uh, could not conform to regular everyday living, especially after, you know, the town shut down and she was just built for the RV world, right? And if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. I think it's still up on Hulu. I mean, it's a Hulu movie. And Frances McDormand has already won a bunch of awards and will win some more for it because it's just that heartfelt. So be ready for the new movie, though, coming out of... Austin with 3D printed homes, right? We'll just call it, you know, 3D living. Ooh, could be a TV show in that too. Hey, uh, quick reminder, if you are listening to this broadcast right now and you are not a subscriber to this broadcast, subscribe. You can subscribe on the platform you're listening to it on right now, or you can choose one that you like better, like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, just to name a few. There is a plethora of platforms out there that you can subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher on. So choose whatever platform warms the cockles of your heart and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. You know, the thing is, is that it is free. And, you know, we joke around about it being free. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, available wherever free podcasts are sold. And, you know, we've worked to keep it free. But the point is, is that you can subscribe and enjoy the content of this show for free. It's part of the Blaze Podcast Network. Now, if you want to help, you know, continue in the efforts of the Blaze, you can always subscribe to Blaze TV, uh, you know, become a member, a paying member of Blaze TV. And you can go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, and get a discount. There's always you know, some discount. I don't know what it is right now. In fact, let's go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and see what the discount actually is today. Nice. So you can go to uh, blazetv.com slash Jeffy, like I said, and uh, it's uh, you scroll down and you can choose your plan. You can get a monthly pass, an annual pass, or a three-year pass, and the annual pass gets uh, $10 off Right now, if you use the promo code Jeffy, and it tells you that, and you can select whatever plan you want. So you can do that. But the point is, is that the podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, is free, and you can enjoy it at your leisure. 
and it's a daily podcast and i try to put you know we put them out monday through friday and i do a talking walking dead special podcast and uh you know i do a weekend podcast once in a while and so it's all there for you and it's free so just enjoy it and subscribe to chewing the fat thank you now you know, if you want to know when stuff comes out, or you can follow me on social media if you want. I mean, uh, it's Twitter at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram and Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. That doesn't cost any money either. I know. I know. You know what? You're welcome. Hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Elton John today. Uh, 74 years of age today, Elton John. Wow. So he has made available, he's celebrating his birthday by giving you something special. Six deep cuts. Been available on streaming and digital formats for the first time, including the tune Scarecrow, which, according to this, began John's legendary songwriting partnership with Bernie Taupin. In 1967, the other songs are Holiday Inn, Keep It a Mystery, Smokestack Children, Two of a Kind, and Conquer the Sun. Scarecrow marks the first time Elton put his music to Toppin's lyrics. will always have a special place in his heart. And he knows that Bernie feels the same way too. It's a song that started it all. The six songs will be added to the digital version of the collection Elton Jewel Box, which was first released in November and contains more than 100 rare songs spanning 1965 to 2019. Oh, thank you, Elton. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. And you know what? Congratulations as well for Megan the Stallion uh, is GQ's rapper of the year. (laughs) Yes, congratulations to Megan the stallion as rapper of the year for gq an award that so many so many covet and you can too hey did you see uh disney got a new series that they uh that they're launching which actually probably going to be pretty good it's national treasure i love those movies i mean those movies were huge for nicholas cage i mean they made a lot of money I made, uh, according to this, they say National Treasure, the first one, grossed $347 million worldwide in 2004. And 2007, the sequel, National Treasure Book of Secrets, made $467 million. I got to believe. That seems low. That seems low. I, I, I love those two movies. They were a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I love the characters. So, it uh, doesn't say whether Nicholas is going to be involved. I don't know if they're bringing Nick back. I mean, he just got married. We talked about that. So maybe they are. Maybe they're bringing Nick back. But uh, they're working uh, with Jerry Bruckheimer. And uh, oh, no. Oh, no. According to the story, a whole new set of characters. And reimagine the franchise. Oh, no. Through their 20-year-old dreamer named Jess Morales. Okay. Okay. So, Nick, we love you, man. I hope that he, you know, maybe in his contract with National Treasure, if they do anything, you know, that is based or touches the National Treasure movie franchise, maybe Nick gets a cut. 
So maybe he'll, you know, make a little extra cash for the new wife. I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a new series on Disney. And Bruckheimer is going to be one of the executive producers for the series. So, I mean, another another bomb. Shell. Huge. Bomb. Shell. It won't be a bomb. It will not be a bomb. I mean, Disney's going to produce this. It'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Why is it that I keep seeing a new Titanic with James Cameron and it's not? Cameron's working on his, you know, eight avatar movies that uh some of them have already been made right we just talked about that not long ago i was really surprised that some of them were still being you know are still actually being made and he's filming in new zealand but cameron is one of the executive producers of this new titanic movie called the six and i hadn't heard this story i was reading about the story it's called the six and it is since it's a 97 minute feature. It's going to debut in uh, Chinese theaters on April 16th, around the 109th anniversary of the Titanic sinking. I mean, it will come to you know the U.S. eventually. We'll be able to see it on some streaming platform. But it is the uh, least known passengers until now. And according to Cameron, of course, who is executive producing it, is the Titanic's last great untold story. It's a fascinating story, and of course they try to tie it in with, you know, all the Asian-American hate that is going on now. Okay. All right, fine. Well, apparently they deleted a scene in the original Titanic that contained a Chinese man floating on a door. So, you know, who knows? I mean, okay, I gotcha. And it's, uh, you know, a real-life Chinese story. The disaster is, you know, deeply significant. It talks about how... They uh, really thought that it was what they were told. Originally, they talked about how these Chinese survivors were stowaways on the Titanic, and then they hid themselves on lifeboats, and they jumped the line in female clothing. (laughs) Uh, No, that really wasn't true. And so, and then they, by the way, when they got to the U.S., they wouldn't. They got shipped away, uh, and how even today their families and communities, I guess, still claim that it's a big part of their lives and it reshaped uh, their lives. Okay. All right. Anyway, we got that to look forward to. And I keep seeing in my timelines of my social media accounts, and maybe because I talk about it, I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to make a big run around again. I mean, it's been out for a year now, is the Amazon 000. I told you to watch it months ago. So if you're seeing ads for 000, it's because they're just trying to, you know, get you to watch it again on Amazon. It's, uh, I think it's eight episodes, and it's about a, uh, well, I'll tell you what the IMDB description of 000 is. A cocaine shipment makes its way to Europe starting from the moment a powerful cartel of Italian criminals decides to buy it to its journeys through Mexico to its shipment across the Atlantic Ocean. Really fun. In fact, grab on for the ride of your life, Andrea Riseborough. Is Andrea Riseborough plays a great role in the movie. Dane DeHaan is great in it. So is 
Harold Torres, and so is Adrino Sheramita. I think that's his name. He plays the Don in Italy. Harold Torres plays the uh, new cartel guy. It's just fun. Grab on for the ride of your life. Zero, zero, zero. Christy Teigen has deleted her Twitter account. I know. Dry your eyes. <laughs> I know. She just couldn't couldn't deal with it anymore. Listen, her biggest thing the is to make people happy. And that's why she's deleted her Twitter account. Because she's been the target of online harassment. And the attacks range from people criticizing how Tegan's fame helped her become a publisher of recipe books to announcing that she had suffered a miscarriage last year and she shared her life. And her husband, John Legend, is also one of the first celebrities to be targeted by QAnon. And she just can't. She can't go on. So QAnon has run Chrissy Teigen off of Twitter. Now, she had 13.7 million Twitter followers. I don't know if you know that. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. But according to Chrissy, it no longer serves her as positively as, I guess, Instagram. So how many does she have on Instagram? I bet you she's got way more than 13 million on Instagram. Uh, yes, she has $34.4 million, uh, million. Yeah, she's got a lot more than 34. $4 million. She's got 34.4 million followers on Instagram. So that's a tad bit more than Twitter. And I'm sure Instagram is paying her a little bit of cash. I don't think she's going to lose that much cash for not having her Twitter account anymore. But according to this, QAnon community is continuing to attack Chrissy Teigen. Oh no. Oh no. So she just can't take it anymore. This online harassment just can't happen. So she's deleted her I know she's deleted her Twitter account. So dry your eyes. And just, if you have to get your Chrissy Teigen fill, you can still get your fill over there on Instagram. Okay. It's a, the verified account. And she has what I say, 33.4 million. Is that what I said? Was it 33.4 or was it 34.3? You know, 34.4. I was close. <laughs> so you can get your fill over there if you if you really want to get your fill of Chrissy Teigen. And don't forget husband, John Legend. I mean, he's a uh, member of the EGOT team. So, I mean, this guy is huge. He's actually you know, a really talented man. But then there's Chrissy Teigen. I see where Jay Leno has apologized. And boy, did Jay need to apologize. He needed to come out and apologize because people were so pissed at him. Oh my gosh, they were so angry at Jay Leno. And why? Because he made jokes about Asians over the years. And according to Jay, in his heart, he knew it was wrong. Did you, Jay? Did you? So he felt the need to apologize and good for him good for him the campaign from the media action network for asian americans mana 
they apparently have accepted his apology. He apologized for cracking his Koreans eating dog meat jokes that he did. And at the time, Jay said, I genuinely thought them to be harmless. He was on a Zoom call with the MANA leader. And he said, I was making fun of our enemy, North Korea. Like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to them. Duh. He continued, at the time, there was a prevailing attitude that some group is always complaining about something, so don't worry about it. Whenever we received a complaint, there would be two sides to the discussion. Either we need to deal with this or screw them if they can't take a joke. Too many times I sided with the latter, even when my heart, I knew it was wrong. Did ya? Um, I side with screw them if they can't take a joke. But what do I know? And now that Jay's made his millions uh, doing his little silly jokes on TV, you know what? I'm sorry, manna. Why? Why? Why are we apologizing? I, I can't. I can't. So, ugh. He said MANA has been very gracious in accepting my apologies. I hope that the Asian American community will be able to accept it as well. I hope I can live up to their expectations in the future. I mean, me too, Jay. Me too. I hope you'll be able to live up to their expectations. Because we all know we want MANA to be happy with a joke you did on TV 20 years ago. Give me a break. I can't. I just can't. And I see where uh, Jessica Simpson, I love Jessica Simpson, by the way. I always have. Uh, I've been a fan. And um, I know that she's gone through some struggles. But she has opened up in an interview, and I believe in a book, that she was body shamed by the world in 2009 and she felt like a failure she was uh she was apparently uh after photos of her performing in texas in 2009 she uh was upset over the headlines jumbo jessica Look, I've been fat shamed and body shamed for years, okay? It's just the way... Well, Jeff, you are... And I know. I get it. But Jess, come on now, baby. We love you. And I love you. But you did, uh, you know, balloon out a little bit. I mean, I saw you, Jess, dear, honey, at... Uh, well, A, I saw you in Tampa. I met you in Tampa Bay, in Tampa, Florida, at the uh, 4002 Gandhi Boulevard building of uh, iHeartRadio, then Clear Channel. Yeah, it would have been Clear Channel then, not... Uh, it was it was not JCOR. It was Clear Channel. When I first started there, it was JCOR. Anyway, um, and you were carrying your little dog, and you had your entourage, and I came around the corner, and there you were all by yourself with your little dog, and I asked you to stop looking at me like you do on TV because it's embarrassing. And you were, sh <laughs> she had the strangest look on her face. And I understand why she would have this strange look on her face. I mean, some strange man is meeting you in a hallway and you, and the guy says, Hey, stop looking at me. Like you look at me on TV. Okay. It's embarrassing. She really didn't get the joke. And I understand that. I thought it was funny. Anyway, so uh, 
I met you, and then I saw you, and that was whew, 100 years ago. And then uh, half a hundred years ago, I about this time, uh, this was in 2009 when she was Jumbo Jessica. So I don't know what year we went to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York, but she was there, and she was on whatever float she was on, man. She, I was... I was like, whoa, because she was Jumbo Jessica there. So, And I love her. I don't care if she was Jumbo Jessica. I still love her. She's Jessica Simpson. I love her. So anyway, she is, you know, and she's lost a bunch of weight now, and she's got the family and the kids. Not that I stalk her. And she's talking, of course, this is an excerpt from her memoir, open book so she's trying to hawk her book i get it so we got to have we got to have something in there that she's got to talk about to you know get people to read the book i got it and you know jess has got a few million on instagram that uh, you know she follows her family and the kids too i wonder how much jess has got Ooh, jessica simpson only has 5.6 million followers jess man chrissy's got you pummeling you at Instagram. You better pick up the pace. But she looks great. And so, you know, I'm okay. Were you that upset that you were being body shamed? I mean, you look great now. You lost weight, so it must have worked. You didn't like being called Jumbo Jessica. <laughs> I am laughing with you, Jess. I'm laughing with you, okay, baby? Seriously, I'm not, uh, I'm not making fun of you at all. I mean, we all watch the reality show and everything. Come on. Come on. I know she... All right. We'll just leave it at she's trying to sell a book. Okay? And it's all... It all worked out in the end, didn't it? Yes, it did. Speaking about working out at the end, uh, I see a story that I question whether it's true or not, but let's just say that it is. Okay? A 59-foot tapeworm comes out of a man's butt. And he didn't even know that he had this tapeworm in him, okay? (laughs) So a 67-year-old patient man in Thailand goes to the hospital because he's got stomach pains and he's uh, passing gas all the time. And we find out the reason why is because he has a 59-foot tapeworm in him. And so they realize, ooh, hey... You've got this uh, tapeworm, so we need to uh, we need to get this thing out of there. So they gave him some medicine, and out comes the fifty-nine foot parasite. Okay, they also tested his debris, and his debris had twenty-eight eggs. <laughs> I mean, there was more being born. So, uh, they gave him all this deworming stuff and there's a picture, what they claim is this 59 foot, this tapeworm that was inside of him and they've got it all piled up in one little beaker from the science lab. And then they have it laid out on a, on some sort of, some sort of plastic. I mean, it does not look good. And I do my favorite, you know, tapeworms, this does not look like something you want to have happen to you. Apparently, he is a big raw meat eater. And so you can't be doing that. 
can't be eating raw meat. That causes, uh, I don't know if you know this, tapeworms. Now, according to the docs, these parasites can live inside you for years, 30 years, they say. Oof. Now, they don't survive long uh, now because of medication and stuff. But you do not want tapeworms in you, right? I mean, no way. And apparently the family is all being tested now because they are all consumers of raw meat. And nothing says love like a family that eats raw meat together. And um, so don't want to eat raw or undercooked beef, which contains the infected, the infective larvae. And apparently this has been the longest tapeworm in Thailand for 50 years. So I can't find where it says what the longest in Thailand's history was. But they claim in most stories that the longest taken from a human body was 108 feet in length. On average, though, this is just average, they're normally about 50 feet. So don't worry about it. It's 59 feet. I mean, it's long, but not bad. So they come from uh, pigs, fish, and beef. 20 million people, according to this story, 20 million people worldwide are infected with tapeworm. No, thank you. No, thank you. I know the, you know, there's tapeworms inside whales and other, and other big things, but, uh, 20 million people worldwide infected with tapeworms. Holy cow. Uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, don't eat raw meat. I don't want to eat raw pigs, raw fish. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I, this is, I know I'm a fan of food. It's Jumbo Jeffy and Jumbo Jessica. I get it, but I'm not going to eat raw raw meat. To, uh, I do not want a tapeworm. One of my favorite posters we had years ago, and it was a poster of a tape, the head of a tapeworm, blown up like a, a billion times, a giant head of a tapeworm. It's one of my favorite posters. I wish I still had that. It was hanging behind the door of our bathroom there's nothing i mean there's nothing more cooler than uh you know a picture of a gigantic head of a tapeworm in your bathroom my although my favorite picture now in uh in our guest bathroom i have a picture my wife amber frame life photography uh took a picture of our two kids uh two of two of maximus and maya as they were leaning over her looking down on her she was laying down right so you got their two faces and their heads uh you know touching each other looking down on her and there's a picture and it's just their faces looking down it's a great picture but i blew that (laughs) i blew that up and i have it on the ceiling in our guest bathroom so if you ever go into our guest bathroom you can look up and see max and maya looking down on you i mean it's not the head of a tapeworm but it makes me laugh (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,